another episode of How's the Market, a podcast for first home buyers and upgraders that gives you tips, tricks, and up-to-date real estate information from on the ground across Melbourne and Geelong. This podcast is brought to you by Tommy Buyers Agents. My name is Tristan Larkin, and I'm doing another solo podcast today as Jonah is unwell but recovering. So I wanted to jump in today with a sort of requested episode. I was chatting with a, um, you know, someone that's been listening to the show Mitch and he was saying one of the things he really wanted to know is sort of what comes next after you were to buy a property um, and like understanding the experience. So hello, if Mitch, if you're listening, but so I wanted to touch essentially on pre-settlement inspections, right? So this comes in, you've purchased a property or you've had an offer accepted, you are yet to settle. So you're still in the settlement period and then maybe the agent says, or your conveyance will say to you, like, you know, have you booked in a pre-settlement inspection? And, you know, a lot of first-home buyers know might not even know that this exists or that you could possibly do it in the first place. And some other people just might not do it. So I wanted to jump into it in this episode. What is it? Do you even need to do one? And if so, and you do go, what should you actually be checking? So all questions are going to be answered in this episode. Firstly, what even is it? pre-settlement inspection. They're also known as final inspections, something that you might commonly hear as well. And this is a right that is awarded to the purchaser of the property and grants you access within the week leading up to settlement to check on any special conditions to make sure that they've been met, but then also to make sure that the property is in the same state and condition as at the date of the contract signing or when you inspected it. <clears throat> so most contracts in Victoria will be made with vacant possession. Uh, the The alternative is that it's subject to a tenancy. So, I mean, that is an option as well. In that case, it's not vacant possession. You can still do a pre-settlement inspection in that case to make sure that everything else is still in good and working condition. But if it is in vacant possession, you can also go and check to make sure that all of the items have been removed from the property. So this is to make sure that there's no personal belongings there, like just before the property settles or it's not filled with rubbish or whatever it may be. So yeah, additionally, something that can be checked. And uh, the pre-settlement inspection is uh, done within seven days leading up to settlement. It's a prior to settlement. Um, I would suggest doing it around five or seven days out from settlement. You don't, you can do it like the day before. I wouldn't recommend it because if there is something that needs to be you know, rectified, done, changed, not in working condition, whatever it may be. You want to be able to actually give yourself enough time to let the vendor either be able to rectify the situation themselves so you don't delay settlement. So I would suggest trying to do your final inspection at least five or seven days out. Now, do you need to complete one? So answer that is no, you don't need to do one. It's not mandatory it is a privilege that you can do. Like I, I know some people that don't, that like or haven't done them when they've bought a property. Um, like they've been away on holidays and haven't been able to make it. So they just thought, whatever, we just won't do it. I highly suggest that you do one. Um, it's not, you know, it's not extremely common that anything goes wrong at a final inspection, but I do very much suggest that you should at least do one so that you can double check, you know, the property, make sure that it is in a good condition because once property settled, there's not a lot you can do. Like it's your problem then. And, you know, trying to go back to the vendor after a property settled to try to get things, you know, updated, fixed, changed, whatever, is going to be nearly impossible depending on the situation. So 
I highly suggest doing it five to seven days out. Now, next question, what do you need to check? So a lot of people will get up to this stage and you know some of the first home buyers that we've helped say, hey, well, you know, we've booked in the, the pre-settlement inspection. Um, like, what should I even be checking? You know, like they probably don't have any special conditions in there. So they're just like going through the property again. You know, the, you know, a common mistake is you might be checking that it's clean. Having the property like professionally cleaned or even just cleaned or in good condition or the, the you know, the lawns mode, it's not actually a requirement. Um, it's more of like a, a good faith thing that is a, a courtesy from the vendor to the purchaser. So you can't be like, hey, the property's not clean. Can you get someone to come in and clean it? Unless it's like an end of lease scenario and then you know, that case you probably can. Though this is where yeah, a lot of people get up to and they, they don't typically understand what it is you should even be looking at. So lucky for you, we have put together a completely free checklist. I am going to include a download link. You don't even need to sign up with your email or anything. It's going to be in the show notes. You can also find it on the website. This will give you a literal checklist that you can use whilst being at a pre-settlement inspection to help you. It's exactly what we use. I've got it uploaded into my phone and I go through this checklist 100% of the time. So I will run through just some of the, the basic things to, to check from the checklist, like to get the full thing, um, just download it. But as an example, um, one of the categories I've got is windows and doors. So check all the doors are opening and not damaged. Check the windows are opening and that there's no new breaks. Like does the garage door work? In the kitchen, check to see if the oven's working, the range hood, the stovetop burners, the dishwasher, any taps. Do you have hot water in there? Make sure the hot water's working. The plumbing, the drainage, I check all of those things. In the bathrooms, I check the taps and plumbing under the sink. Um, bathroom, again, is the hot water working? Shower plumbing, is that working? Shower screen and the door, does that open and close properly? The exhaust fans, are they on? You know, The bathtub, does that work? Does the toilet flush properly? Uh, then another big one, electricals and utilities. So this is probably the most expensive one. It's the most important thing to check when you're there. Do all the lights work? Um, does the cooling, the heating work? All of the fans, all external lights? You know, is there anything else? Clothesline, um, fences, does that all still operational and or as advertised in any of the listing descriptions or in association with, with what's working at the open for inspections or anything that the agent has said works? They're all the things that you need to check. And go through with the checklist and tick off every single thing in every single room. That is definitely what um, I recommend doing. Though there is a few other important things that you need to check off. So that's that's all the basics that needs to be done at every single property. The next thing is check for new damage. So not like, you know, when you were inspecting it, there was, I don't know, a hole in the wall. And then you come at the final inspection and be like, hey, there's a hole in the wall. Like you need to fix this before settlement. It doesn't work that way if the damage was already there. However, one of the most common things that happens, you know, for pre-settlement inspections, which is why you need to be doing them and checking is say that there's a tenant in there or if there was a family living in there throughout the duration of the campaign. And then as they were leaving, whilst they were removing all their furniture or taking out the fridge or whatever it be, they've put a hole in the wall or they've damaged the paint. Like they were lifting out the coffee table and they scraped it along the wall and there's a giant scratch mark on the wall or they've, you know, cracked a window when trying to take something out. Like any of that damage is something that you need to check because it's new and it wasn't there when you made the offer. So that's the stuff that you need to like check and, and you know, take pictures of. So the other things is, you know, if they've had 
pictures, paintings, or fixed items on the wall and they've removed them whilst vacating the property that has left holes in the wall or any new damage, that is something that you should check with your conveyancer. Now, a caveat here is that fair wear and tear is not classified as damage. So this is stuff that we've recently, um, you know, had conversations with conveyances and real estate agents about from doing final inspections. I've like just happened to do like five final inspections in the last like couple of weeks. So all of this stuff is very front of mind, which is why I thought I would make this episode now. So yeah, fair wear and tear is something that needs like, it, it's sort of like a negotiable because you need to define it though. If they've taken out like a couple pictures and there's like extremely small picture hook holes, like technically they do need to be covered and filled, but that would be you know a tricky one to try to get. Though, yeah, if there's a hole in the wall or they've scraped, you know, a cabinet along the paint and they've completely damaged the paint, then that's different. So I, if I was you, I take photos of absolutely everything, send it all to the conveyancer and ask to see if there's anything that can be done for them. So other ones is um, items and rubbish. So I recently did a final inspection and like I, this is something to check is like check every single cabinet, cabinet, cupboard, drawer, any item that can be used for storage. If you've got an attic, check the attic. See if there's any storage that's been up in the roof that they forgot about that's been sitting there for a decade or more. So yeah, when I was doing a final inspection just recently, the like I opened some of the drawers and there was all sorts of stuff in there. Like, you know, old food and rubbish. And then like the gardens had all this rubbish in there. So that all needs to be removed because it's vacant possession. So they can't have that stuff there. So that's stuff that I would send photos to um, the conveyancer, get them to sort that out as well. Check all the appliances. That That's the big one. Um, you know, if there was a full heating unit and then when it comes time to settle, the heating might not be working, especially if you've got like a long settlement period. Like these are the things that absolutely need to be checked. So definitely download the checklist. If you're going to a pre-settlement inspection or if you know someone is doing a pre-settlement inspection soon, it should really help them out. Um, and also send them this episode. So what if something is damaged or wrong? Like what do you do? So firstly, do not panic. It's not the end of the world. Um, it's, it's fairly common for things not to be working or for there to be minor damage prior to settlement. So what you should do is you should take photos of anything that is not working, uh, damage, rubbish, send it to your conveyancer straight away and also explain to them or send them evidence in some form that the items were working or were not damaged when the offer was made. So this is why when we go through every single inspection, we are always filming it. So that when it comes like pre-settlement time, we have got photos and video footage of us inspecting the home. And then we're just referencing that at settlement time to see if there is anything that's changed. And we've got actual evidence that we can send to the conveyances. So take all it all, document it all, send it to your conveyancer and they will take it from there. Like it's not, you don't need to be getting into arguments or anything like that with the real estate agent. They will do it conveyancer to conveyancer and will essentially just try to follow the law as much as possible. So that's where, you know, they take it all um, over and you can pass it all along. So I hope that that was helpful. Um, I know that, you know, pre-settlement inspections can be a little bit confusing, but if there is a takeaway, it should be just firstly, just do it. You know, if if there's going to be like a light that's not working or the garage door remote is out of batteries or something like that, like that's not the end of the world. But if there is some other serious form of damage or something big like heating or cooling is no longer working, you know, that's the stuff that you want to make sure that you've, you've checked because it could save you $10,000 or more when it comes time to settle. And 
I'm sure you'd rather that in your pocket than in Texas. So now in the media, now this is another Channel 9 article. You've got to love Channel 9. Um, they've got some really great clickbait headings, but this one is one that I actually think is, is fairly on the money and unfortunately fairly true, but I thought it'd be interesting to have a quick analysis on this. So this is the title, Unaffordable, One in 10 Australian Children Move Back In With Parents. So, you know, it's a pretty big call, one in 10 Australian children, like what is a child, how do they define it? All things that I was thinking when I initially read this, but they've said a finder survey of 1,073 people found that 10% of Australians have either moved back home with their parents or had a child return home in the past year. Of those moving back, almost a third did so because their rent was unaffordable, in quotation marks. Another 30% did so to save for a house deposit. So the head of consumer research at Finder said that rate increases were having a high impact on renters, a higher impact on renters than homeowners, and many are unable to juggle all their expenses and afford to live independently. So they're moving back in with the parents. Now, this is something that I am personally seeing across my friendship groups. There's definitely oh, there's you know there's multiple multiple options. So they're either moving back home with parents if that is not an option. They are trying to move from renting by themselves or, you know, as a couple to doing more of like a share house. Maybe they're moving in with some friends, moving in with some family, essentially just to be able to spread the the rent costs um, around. So it's something that unfortunately is, you know, becoming more, more and more common. Um, and it's unfortunate that like, especially with today's housing market and interest rates, as the interest rates have risen, the borrowing capacity of many people has dropped and it's then harder also with the raising cost of living to save for a deposit if you are trying to move into a home so it's something that a lot of people are trying to do is just figuring out how they can save on living costs so yeah it's definitely something that i'm seeing with lots of my sort of friends and family um and yeah very unfortunate but something that we're just going to have to live with for the moment now interestingly the survey also found that one in seven moved back home due to loss of a job, despite the record low unemployment. It's definitely not something that I'm hearing, um, even just from chatting with mortgage brokers. They're not, no mortgage broker has told me that a lot of their clients are dealing with any sort of financial stress. It's a question that I've been asking a few of them to sort of see, you know, what where things are sort of sitting. Um, though this article also found that others moved back for caring requirements, so to care for a family member. And Cook has said, which is the from the Fine Institute, has said that for those fortunate enough to be able to move back in, it was the fastest way to tackle debt and save money. So that's absolutely the truth and something that a lot of people are doing. And a lot of the first home buyer clients that we work with have moved from home directly into their own house. So there's no surprises there. So thanks everyone for tuning in today. Make sure to check out www.tommy.com.au to get access to the House the Market blog and join the mailing list and we shall see you again in next week's episode. So make sure to download the pre-settlement inspection checklist as well, completely free. You don't even need to supply emails or anything like that. It's in the show description, also on our website. So thank you very much. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram and until next week, we shall see you then. Hey!